Well, hey there, guys. Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Web Singers Podcast. This is the one and only show where we uh, t- where we talk about all things Spider-Man and the Marvel Universe. And uh, it is good to be back. It's it feels good. It feels good. By the way, if you're hearing, if the audio doesn't really sound great, I'm not really mic'd. Up. I'm not. I don't have like a a microphone hooked up or anything. I just kind of wanted to. Um, this, this podcast is kind of last minute. Like I, I decided to record this literally while I was at the gym earlier. So, um, yeah, it's been a while. It's been a little bit, you know, um, we, 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 we took a little break, took a little break. Um, and now we're back. It's May, May 4th. Uh, well, as I'm recording this, it's May 1st, but by the time this goes up, it will be May 2nd. And uh, we are in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 week. This is the week of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. I am very excited. I cannot wait. I've seen the film already. I've seen it once. I'm just dying with anticipation to see it again. Um... And uh, this episode, we're just going to take this episode to kind of review it. But I wanted to kind of explain a little bit about what 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 happened. Like, what happened, Zeke? Like, why did you abandon us? Why would you do such things? I'm going to explain all that. I'm I'm definitely going to uh, explain all of that. So let's um. Let's explain. Let's explain what's going on. So, uh, last time we uh, we did a show, it was on the fourteenth of April, right? That 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 feels about right. Yeah, fourteenth of April, and uh, yeah, it was it was not. And I and I know I said that I was going to come back on the twenty eighth of April, but I wanted to take just a few extra days. And I'll be honest, a part of me just did not want to come back to podcasting, on really, at all. Um, and um, there's some reasoning for that. Um, as I mentioned in that last episode that I did, I've kind of grown a little just tired of podcast. I, I A part of me is, is kind of, like, tired with it. It doesn't just, like... Podcasting just doesn't feel doesn't feel fun anymore. Like when I like when I'm doing those out of the theater reactions, that feels fun. You know, recording YouTube videos that feels fun. The Instagram reviews, even though I haven't done much of them recently, um, those feel fun. But whenever I'm whenever I'm having to sit here for about an hour to t- sometimes two hours recording a show, it can get a little bit frustrating and 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 I'll be honest I I wanted to take some time off to kind of like um how do I want to say this uh, to kind of focus on myself a little bit focus on myself focus on um you know focus on the things uh in my life that 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 matter most including you know work and all that stuff But, 
I'm going to talk more about that on the Zeke Setzer show. Because the the Zeke Setzer show, I'm really going to be discussing what the future holds for the podcast. A lot of people have asked me, well, if the web stream, if, does that mean Throwback Thursday is coming back this week? I should let you know right now, Throwback Thursday is not coming back this week. Um, in fact, uh, the future of Throwback Thursday will also be mentioned on this week's uh Zig Setso show. So I'll, I you guys will you guys will know all about that this Friday. So tune in for the Zig Setso show this Friday. But what our main thing to talk about here it's Guardians of the Galaxy and specifically Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. So let's not waste any time and let's talk about this. Let's talk about let's talk about the third film in James Gunn's epic Marvel trilogy, Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3. We were always searching for a family. Until we found each other. Ready for one last ride? We'll all fly away together into the forever and beautiful sky. So, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 was once again uh, written and directed by James Gunn. Um, and it once again sees the return of Chris Pratt as Peter Quill, Zoe Seldon as Gamora, Dave Batista as Drex, Vin Diesel as Groot, Bradley Cooper as the voice of Rocket, Karen Gillan as Nebula, uh, Palm, Clementiaf uh, uh, as Mantis, Sean Gunn as Kraglin, but also introduces some new uh, actors like uh, Maria Bakalova as Cosmo, uh, Will Poulter as Adam Warlock, and Chuck Woody Iwuji as the High Evolutionary. Uh, who is great. Alright. Um, so let's talk about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. I've, cause I got to see the film. I've seen it. And, uh, can't wait to watch it again this weekend. It's gonna be great to, to see the film a second time. So I'm, I'm reviewing this film as me having only seen it the one time. Now, to give you guys a little bit of backstory and a little bit of context as to how my feelings on the MCU have been, let's go all the way back to fate. Let's go all the way back to... Let's let's not even talk about the Disney Plus shows because I want to focus more on the movies rather than the Disney Plus shows. Let's start with let's start with the beginning with the first movie in Phase Four. Let's talk about Black Widow. 
Black Widow, I saw it when I first saw it. I was like, oh, it's a fun movie. On repeat viewings, that film has easily has definitely started to become more and more of one of my lower tier MCU films for me. Uh, definitely did not have that same like magic that it had, and and maybe that's just because it came out after the pandemic, after having a whole year with no MCU. You know, I think I think maybe my my love for the MCU was just kind of I was blinded by that whole notion of like a whole year without the the MCU. Then we had Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, and fantastic, love that film. Still, still one of my top five MCU films for me. Then we had Eternals, which I personally believe is a top ten MCU film for me. Like I love that movie. Um, I still, like, I was watching it the other day on Disney+. Plus. It's still great. It was great when I saw it for the first time. And for me, it's top tier MC. Like, Eternals is top ten MC, uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe for me. Then we had Spider-Man No Way Home. Which was, like, a f- my the, the, the fanboy in me. As a Spider-Man fan, that was everything I wanted a Spider-Man a live-action Spider-Man movie to be. Um, obviously, my favorite Spider-Man movie is still Into the Spider-Verse, but No Way Home is definitely, I think, the second-best film in the Spider-Man franchise, and I love that movie. I still do. Still one of my top favorite MCU films. But then we had Doctor Strange, which I enjoyed it. Sam Raimi coming in there, you know, bringing his Sam Raimi-isms to the MCU. I liked it. I had a lot of issues with it, and I definitely did not like the ending. But I really liked um, some of the flavor that was in it. But I didn't love it like I wanted to. I didn't love it the same way I loved Shang-Chi, Eternals, No Way Home. Like, those three movies. The, the, the love I had for those films. I can't say that about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Then we go into... Thor Love and Thunder, which I know a lot of people think is the worst MCU film. I don't think it's the worst MCU film. I don't necessarily think it's a great movie, and I definitely do think it is one of the lower-ranked MCU films, in my opinion, but I still really do enjoy that movie. I think it's... I, I, I just think it's... I think it's great. I, I think it's a... It, sorry. Sorry. Let me... I think it's a good... I think it's a fun movie. Is it a great movie? No. It's it's fun. I think it's 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 one of the you know what Thor Love and Thunder is? It's the perfect background noise movie. Like if I if I if I needed to go do some like if I'm working on my computer and I need a movie to put on Disney Plus, I'll I'll go on Disney Plus and I'll just turn on Thor Love and Thunder because that's perfect background noise. It's the perfect background noise to fulfill what I whatever I'm doing. You know, that's Thor, Love, and Thunder. And then we had Black Panther. Now, Black Panther, we were coming off of, you know, some mediocre MCU stuff. And, like, especially, like, the Disney Plus stuff wasn't working out. Like, I think She-Hulk was in between Love and Thunder and um, and Black Panther. And I remember She-Hulk just really disappointed me. And I remember just feeling like, oh, my gosh, here, here we go. And then we got Black Panther Wakanda Forever. 
which I still think is I the more I watch it, the more I think I do I I think I do prefer it over the first Black Panther. Now obviously yes, that movie does you do miss T'Challa, but I think the movie works. I I do think the movie works without without T'Challa. Um, I love the fact that it's more of a movie about grief and a movie about um, how do you move on when you feel like you can't, you know. And Shuri kind of represent and what what T'Challa's death means for Shuri's arc in the MCU. I think is really great, and I think it's an interesting avenue that they're going to explore. But I loved Black Panther because it felt like a human story, okay? And I was hoping, coming off of Black Panther, that, okay, now the MCU is starting to do it. Like, the MCU is starting to delve more into these human stories. Let's see if they can continue that with Ant-Man and the Wasp. Then we got Quantumania, which I... Which, y'all want to talk about how Love and Thunder is the worst MCU movie. I'll tell you what, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania is the worst Marvel Cinematic Universe film. I think it's awful. Um, That movie... Look, Jonathan Majors... And uh, Jonathan Majors got himself into some deep shit right now, but we'll, we'll ignore that for now. Jonathan Majors is fantastic as Kang. I'm very curious to see where they go with Kang, especially with all the stuff involving Jonathan Majors, but very curious to see where they take Kang. Really excited for the next Avengers film. But Ant-Man and the Wasp, Mania, in my opinion, was a steaming pile of crap. Um, and, uh, you know, and if you want to know why I thought it was a steaming pile of crap, well, you can, you know, just ask um, whoever's the genius that thought... Whoever... Um, you can you can just ask uh, Jeff Jeff Loveness why I thought the movie was garbage because he decided to have a scene where Modok comes in and yells I am not a dick and then just destroys the shield. Modok is uh, and then you have uh, then you have Kang this. Big bad of the MCU being defeated by a bunch of ants, which still makes no goddamn sense. Anyway, anyway, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> um, so, needless to say, I did not like Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Do, so, what, so, what's the deal with Guardians 3? You know... You know, someone someone called Jerry Seinfeld. What's the deal? Someone called. <laughs> What's the deal with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three? I mean, come on. Um, <laughs> that's the worst Jerry Seinfeld impression I've ever done. <laughs> that is the worst Jerry Seinfeld impression I've ever done. Never again. Oh man, Jerry Seinfeld's probably listening to this episode thinking I'm a freaking a hole. Um. That's a lie. Jerry Seinfeld doesn't listen to my show. Um, <laughs> so, what's what? Where does Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three lie? Does it fall under the great MCU films, or is it another Ant Man and the Wasp? Uh, 
this is a great MCU film. And not only that, I think it's the best MCU film since Avengers Endgame. We saw that quote going around. That quote went around all, all over the place. And no, I was not the first person to say it. I wish I can find out who did say it so that um, I can give that person credit. But I was not the first person to say that. But I do believe this is the best MCU film since Endgame. This is a movie with so much real human emotion. Once again, James Gunn is taking these outlandish concepts. Outlandish concepts. But somehow is able to find the humanity within the outlandish concepts. Like 2020, uh, 2021's The Suicide Squad proves, if anything, that he is able to take this, like a group of, of characters that a majority of them, we don't even know who the hell half these characters are. No one knew who Bloodsport was. No one knew who uh, Peacemaker was. But somehow James Gunn was able to take these characters and and give them a human side. Hell, even taking a character like King Shark, who is just, you know, big monster. But somehow James Gunn was able to take that character and give him such a human side and give him some some human personality. That's what James Gunn has done again with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. This movie, I'm still debating whether or not I, I think it's better than the first one. I do think it's better than, than 2. I do like it more than Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. But, I'm, but I've been heavily debating whether or not I think it is better than Guardians of the Galaxy 1. I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy 1 is just so fantastic. And I'm probably... I'm going to watch it tonight before I go to bed tonight. Um, I think it's... I love Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1. But, man, Volume 3 is just some... Uh, just on a whole other level. This movie's dark. It's, it is dark, and it is sometimes very effed up. Um, if you are an animal lover, um, Rocket's backstory is going to break you. Like, I'll, I'll say it right now. Rocket's backstory is, for me, the highlight of the, of the film. Um, now, again, I'm not going to get into spoilers. I'm not going to spoil the movie. But what they do with Rocket and, and the, the, the journey, and when you, when you watch this movie, it makes you understand why Rocket is the way that he is in those first two films. Why he is such a jerk. Why he's just uh, cruel and hateful. Like, why he is the way that he is. And you kind of understand it, you know, when you see exactly um, what he is. And he almost has a, um, he almost is, has this, like, 
element of like he is essentially um uh Frankenstein's monster. You know. He's he's Frankenstein's monster. And and I and if when you guys see the film you'll understand exactly what I'm talking about. You know. Um I love <laughs> this film I also believe has the best version of Groot we've ever seen in the MCU. Um now we saw this more bigger swole Groot as James Gunn calls him, swole Groot as uh, as James Gunn calls him. Um we've seen this 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 version of Groot obviously introducing him in the holiday special. Um We 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 saw that we saw this version of Groot and and you know we got just a little bit of a of a personality with him you know we just got a little taste of it but I love what they do with Groot I love what they do with Groot and just his interactions with the team um, you know who he reminded me of almost. He almost reminded me of like Chewie, of of Chewbacca from the original Star Wars trilogy. Like he truly reminded me of that. Like like he's he's. God, I'm wondering what I can and cannot say without spoiling um without spoiling the movie. But but he just had this. There was just so much personality coming out of him. You know, and his interactions with the rest of the team, specifically his interactions with like Quill and Rocket, like his interactions with those two are just fantastic. And I love Groot this time around. Speaking of Peter Quill, I love what they do with Peter Quill. Um, you know, when you watch Peter's journey, this whole trilogy of films, when you really understand it. This whole trilogy of films is really about um, uh, trauma and how and how trauma can sometimes shape you as a person. You know, when you look at where he started in the first film and then his journey up until now. I think his story is fantastic. And you really understand that this, um, while yes, Rocket gets a lot of, uh, Rocket's story is really the, the main plot of this whole film. Peter Quill, you can almost see as kind of like the, like, it's like it's it's the story of Rocket through his point of view. And I love that. I think it's great. And I love what they do as far as exploring um his relationship with Gamora and how that has been affected because of this new Gamora who we last met in Avengers Endgame. Um we have this new Gamora who has no real kind of relationship with the team. But 
Um, but I do love what they do and how they incorporate her into the film is fantastic. Um, there are some new additions to the cast. Obviously, Cosmo, as I mentioned. And Cosmo the Space Dog is just absolutely fantastic. Love what they do with Cosmo. Cosmo had a had a couple of really good good little mo- highlight moments in the holiday special. Um, but to see what they do with Cosmo in this movie in particular was really satisfying to see. And as somebody who has wanted to see that character in in the MCU for a long time, uh, it was very satisfying to see. Um, the acting's great. Uh, the story, like I said, is rich and loaded with so much human emotion. Let's talk about the humor because I know a lot of people had issue have issues with James Gunn saying, "Oh, he likes to make too many jokes. I don't like James Gunn's humor." Yada yada yada. This movie's funny. Once again, this movie's funny, and the jokes work. This isn't like a Thor: Love and Thunder where they're just throwing a joke in just for the sake of throwing a joke. This movie. Like, when the jokes hit, they hit, and they hit hard. Especially when those jokes are coming from Drax and Mantis. Oh, my God. I could seriously, like, I... Oh, God, I love what they do with Drax and Mantis in this movie. And I love their humor. Their, Their dynamic is so great. And now we obviously got a lot of that in the holiday special, but my gosh, what they do with it in the film is so great, um, especially the humor from Mantis. Like Mantis, I feel like at points for me is funnier than than Drax. I like Drax; I think he's very funny, but Mantis for me is just a lot. Just has more like sh- like <laughs> her. I want to say something so bad, but that's I don't want to give anything away. I want to say I want to wait for you guys to see it, but but yeah, I I love what I love the humor and especially when it comes from Mantis. Oh, and and Nebula, like Nebula has a couple of really good of really good moments of of humor as well. I mean, we saw it in the trailer where that moment between her and Peter. That's just a little taste of what you get with Nebula. Like, Nebula is great. And what they do with her. And and also, how far she's come from that first movie into becoming, like, a main standout, a main member, of a core member of this team is so, so good and so, so great. I love that. about And I love it. I really do. Let's talk about the soundtrack, because the soundtrack has always been a huge highlight of these films. Number one, I want to talk about John uh, John Murphy's score real quick. I loved it. I think it's fantastic. Um, he definitely does his best to incorporate previous themes from the franchise, but also does come up with new themes, and I like that. And And, you know... Um, James Gunn worked with John Murphy on, I believe, 
both Suicide Squad and um and Peacemaker. So at least I I believe I think uh, I think John uh, oh I believe John Murphy did the uh did the score for um for the uh for the suicide squad. Let me just see here. Let me just see if I got that right. Okay, yeah. So so he did the he did, he composed the suicide squad. Oh, and he composed the holiday special. Okay, yeah. So he composed both the Suicide Squad and the holiday special. I thought he had also composed Peacemaker. I thought he also did did the score for Peacemaker. At least that. At least that's what I. At least that's that's what I. Th- I had kind of like assumed. Uh, at least, at least that's what I, that's what I thought. I, I thought he did the score. Oh, yeah, no. Oh, oh, Kevin Kiner did it. Oh, okay. Well, that's very cool. Um, Kevin Kiner does the, uh, does a lot of the, um, the, the Star Wars uh, music for like uh, rebels and well, that's that's cool. Okay, I did not know that. Uh, so yeah. Anyway, so but John Murphy's score for Volume Three is really really great. I I think it's fantastic. But the actual songs that are in this film. Now I'll be honest. I was listening to the sound sh- to the songs way before. Uh, the way before I saw the film, uh, James Gunn had put out the the list, the soundtrack list, um, earlier this week. So I, so I, literally, I have a playlist. I, I, I have YouTube Music. Okay, I'm a YouTube Premium subscriber, so I have YouTube Music as well. And so what I did was I created an entire playlist called Awesome Mix, and that playlist is filled with every song that was ever featured in a Guardians of the Galaxy related. So, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1 soundtrack, Volume 2's soundtrack. I have a couple of songs, one that was featured in Infinity War and the other one that was in a deleted scene from Avengers Infinity War. And then I also have the Christmas spe- the holiday special songs in there as well. You know, but then, like, as soon as James Gunn dropped the list, I immediately added all of those songs. Now, the only ones I'm going to talk about are the are the three that have been in previous trailers, okay? There have only been three songs that have been featured in, in trailers that are on the soundtrack. Do You Realize by The Flaming Lips? That was in the Comic-Con trailer, Okay. Um, in the meantime, by space, uh, by space, is that, hold on, let me, let me go to, let me actually go to my playlist here. 
see if uh see if I got this right. Do 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 do. Okay, yeah. So do you realize by the flaming lips? In the meantime, by Space Hog, and Since You've Been Gone by Rainbow. Those three are the only songs that have been featured in trailers, so I'm going to talk about those. And, like, so I'm just going to name drop those three only because, again, they've been featured in trailers. All the other songs on the soundtrack, I want to save it for you guys to experience yourself. There's one song in there... That I won't give away what, what it is. But that was featured in a movie from earlier this year. And I thought it was better used in this movie than it was in that other film. Not going to give away what it is. But when you hear it, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. So, um, okay. Uh, the last thing I want to mention as far as my positives go. Because I, neg- I do have only one negative that I'm going to get into. But the the last positive I want to mention is this. The High Evolutionary. I think he's a fantastic villain. Now look, a lot of people are going to look at him and go, Oh, he's bland. Does he, is he as rich of a character as like Thanos or Killmonger or Vulture? No, he's not. But... For me, what the other aspect that makes a great villain is they got to make you as an audience hate this guy. They got to make you as an audience member just hate this hate this person and you want to see them get their comeuppance, you know? Like I the perfect example I can think of right now is in the first John Wick Okay, the first John Wick movie, when those guys, when those a-holes come break into his house and kill the dog, from that moment on, you're basically like, you know what, these mother effers gotta go. Like, that's it. You was, you're bought into it, okay? That is the high evolutionary in this film. He is so evil. Like, his, his philosophy, you can understand what his philosophy is, but... He is one of the great things I love about the all of the characters in the Marvel, uh, specifically the villains in the Marvel comics, is that they are a lot of them are a result of a scientist who is trying to play God. And what are the consequences of that? Well, the consequences of trying to play God is you become an evil supervillain. I love that. And I love that the High Evolutionary almost feels like a character who's trying to to play God, but he's and and the way he goes about it. Again, without getting into spoilers, the way he goes about it is just so evil and so just cruel that as an audience member, you look at that and you're like. That guy's got to go. We got to take him down. He's a bad guy. Like that. That is the other thing that makes. In my opinion. What makes him such a great villain. It Again. Is he a rich character like Thanos. Or Vulture. Or Killmonger. Or Loki. Is he a rich character 
like any of those guys. No. But he is a threat. And you felt him as a threat. You know? Someone who is... Who is in the movie, who I didn't love. Okay, let's just get into my negative. My one negative, Adam Warlock. Now, don't mistake... Will Poulter is fantastic as Adam Warlock. Um, I've always liked Will Poulter. I think he is a really... I think he has, over the years, um, become a very great actor. Um, you know, I... Look, we all kind of... Became aware of him. I mean, he was in a bunch of other stuff. Like, obviously, he was in the Chronicles of Narnia, the the third Narnia movie. But I think we all became aware of him in Where the Millers. Everyone became aware of him as the kid from Where the Millers, which he's great in, by the way. If you've never seen Where the Millers, you should watch it. It's a great movie. It's it's a one of it's one of my favorite comedies. And then we saw him in films like The Maze Runner and then The Revenant. But I think the movie for me that really made me go, holy crap, this guy's a great actor, is that Catherine Bigelow movie he did called Detroit. If you have not seen Detroit, um, it was... You watch it. It's fantastic. And Will Poulter plays the absolute most horrible piece of garbage character um, you've ever seen in a movie. Like, he's just an absolute terrible human being, but plays it so well, you know? And so... I was really excited when they announced that he was going to be playing Adam Warlock because I think, oh, this guy has played evil before. And if he can bring some of that evilness to Adam Warlock... Now, in the comics, Adam Warlock is not an evil guy per se, but I knew that James Gunn was going to make was going to at least try and make him a villain, especially with how they set up his origins in Guardians Two. I kind of had this prediction that they would make him a villain. How they decided to um, portray Adam Warlock didn't necessarily work for me. And it's no fault. It's no fault of Will Poulter. It's no fault of his as, at all. It's more of based around what James Gunn gave him. Like what James Gunn gave the character to do. So, but that's all I'm going to say for now because again, I I tr- the one thing I'll say is that he's just he just kind of felt like he was just there. He was just there. And he didn't really, in my opinion, have an emotional stake in the story. But other than that, that's all I've got. Like, 
Is there anything that I really didn't like? I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's a shame this movie has to come out the same week as a possible uh, WGA strike. I mean, I don't know. Like, who's to say? But, I mean, like, I, but I, I am, (laughs) I, this movie is fantastic, guys. And my overall thoughts on it is that I think, I think the more I think about it, the more I'm like, yeah, I think I do like this more than the first. I, I'm still struggling with that, to be honest. I'm still struggling. Because I've had more time with the first one. And this one is so fresh on my mind. That I feel like if I were to watch this again. Along with the first. Like if I watch the first one. Then the second one. And then the third one again. Like maybe I'll think differently. But my god guys. I cannot wait. Guys, go see Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. If you are one of those people who think that Marvel has lost some of that magic that made them so great. Now look. Obviously, I think Marvel still has some... I think Guardians of the Galaxy 3 is a big step in the right direction. Okay? It's a big step in the right direction. I think the I think the Marvels has to be great. Um Secret Invasion. Um Loki season two. I think if all those if all that if all those come out and they are just knock it out of the park good, then there's a possibility that Marvel could be back to its former glory. But Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is a step in the right direction. I love this film, and once again, James Gunn has knocked it out of the park when it comes to these superhero films. So, yeah, I love this movie. And, uh, look, as James Gunn's final entry in the Marvel franchise, all I can say as a Marvel fan is thank you, good sir, for giving us incredible... uh, Thank you so much, good sir, for giving us absolute incredible content in the Marvel Cinematic Universe from the first two Guardians films to the Holiday Special and now to Volume 3. And uh, I'll tell you what, Volume 3 gives me even more hope that he's going to knock it out of the park with Superman. I think he's ready for Superman. Well guys. That will do it for this. First episode back. On the podcast. Feels. It, it does it does feel nice to do this again. It, it does. Even despite the fact that I. Am sick and tired of it. It does feel nice to be back. I enjoyed this. Especially when I get to talk about a movie. That I really love.
it's all really exciting. But uh, that will do it for this week's episode, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Um, don't forget, guys, there's a bunch of... Uh, there's going to be a brand new episode of the Zeke Said So show coming this Friday. So make sure you guys go check that out. Don't forget, uh, I did put up an out-of-the-theater reaction for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. If you want to go check out my out-of-the-theater reaction for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, it is available on Zeke Said so Pictures' YouTube channel. And it's been a long time since I've done this, and, you know, the film's been out for five months now, but hey, screw it, let's, let's, let's plug it anyway. Go check out my short film, What to Watch, A Love Letters of Physical Media. Uh, it is available on the Zeke Senso Pictures YouTube channel. All right, guys, that will do it for me. Thank you so much for listening. And if you like the podcast, please make sure you share it and subscribe. I think I should subscribe to the podcast because Zeke the Geek said so. And don't forget, guys, with great power comes great responsibility. We'll all fly away together. One last time. Into the forever. That beautiful sky.